Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, we've been on a theme this month of um, living God's best. God's best, no less. Is that right? Yeah. God's best, no less. And I want to take you on a bit of a journey this morning. It's going to be a bit of a journey, so I want you to lock in and, and really, you know, pull your mind in. How many of you know when, when someone's talking, they say that you only take a percentage of it in because our mind is just like elsewhere and... So I'm going to pray over your mind right now. Just close your eyes. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that every mind in this room now comes into the obedience of Jesus Christ. We thank you that every thought is held captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. We thank you that every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I thank you, Father, that your children will hear your voice this morning and it will bring them closer to you. Father, would you reveal yourself? Would you reveal your heart? Would you reveal your love? And would you reveal your perfect plan for each life? Father, I thank you right now that each person in this room would feel as if they are having a personal conversation with you this morning as you meet them face to face, spirit to spirit, and sow life into them through your word in Jesus' name. Amen? So the best place, I think, to start talking about what is God's best for us is if we look at the original intent. What was God's original intent for me? Put your hand on your chest and say that to yourself right now. What was God's original intent for me? Because sometimes when we're preaching the word and we're talking about these things, we're often, we're just thinking about the masses. We're just thinking about the people out there or the congregation or the body of Christ. But we must take this as a personal thing. He is a personal God. What was God's original intent for me? Why was I born? What makes me what I am? And what does God want me to be and yearn for me to be in my life? Amen? So we, want, we read in Genesis chapter 2 that God was very intimate with Adam and Eve, that God... It says that he walked with them in the cool of the day. Can you imagine being in this garden that God had given man? He gave them everything. It was the most beautiful, beautiful of places. They were transparent and intimate with one another and no one was ashamed. They, they just laid on the grass together and, and kissed and hugged and did many other little things. And no one was ashamed. It was out in the open. Everything's out in the open. God's watching. It's all perfect. It's all beautiful. 
Everything is beautiful because why? Because there is no knowledge of sin at this point. Amen? God's walking in the garden close to them. They're talking, walking with him, intimate with him. He gave them everything in that garden except one thing. What was it? What was the one thing God said? You can enjoy everything in this garden, but there's one thing. This is interactive. The knowledge, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So Genesis 2.17, God says this, But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on that day, and this is the part I want you to take in today, on the day you eat it, you shall surely what? You shall surely die. Now, we know Adam and Eve didn't die because if they died, we wouldn't be here. No one would be. So what kind of death was God talking about when he said, if you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die? What kind of death was he talking about? Interactive? Spiritual death. He was referring to the spirit within them which would die. Amen? This was the place of deepest intimacy with God. This was the place of deepest intimacy with God. This is spirit-to-spirit connection. When I saw Jesus Christ, when I was saved, he came to me. Many of you have heard my story. He revealed himself to me, and he spoke to me, but when he spoke, there was no words. It was a spirit, his spirit, speaking to my spirit, even though at that point my spirit was dead. It was dead. But he connected with it. And so in this place of the spirit is the deepest place of spirit-to-spirit connection. This is the place God yearns for us to live from. God yearns for us to have a relationship with him from. This is the part of us that is the Garden of Eden. This is our Eden within us, amen? But the intimate connection was broken when man chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Can you imagine a world right now where there is no knowledge of good that leads to evil? Oh, that's not so bad. That's, that's kind of good. It's not going to hurt me doing that. But it leads to evil. Imagine what the place would be like right now if we had just left things alone. And there would be no... You wouldn't even have knowledge of evil, Tarot. Not even, not even a knowledge of it. Oh, you know, that's where God wants us to live in here again. In that place, amen? But see, God gave us a beautiful gift, didn't he? What was the beautiful gift that God gave us? It's called free will. Thank you, Bible college student, nearly finished. Um, love it. He gave us free will. See, he didn't, he didn't want puppets. He gave us free will because he wanted us to love him willingly. He wanted us to be obedient to him willingly. 
And that will still is inside of us. Unfortunately, since the death of the spirit, mankind began to live out of two parts of his being. So we're three-part beings. Anyone tell me what, what those parts are? Spirit, soul, body. Eh? I'm a spirit first. I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And they abide in a body. This body is not who I am, Melina. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And it abides in a body. Amen? But when we sin, we begin to function out of two parts, out of our soul and out of our body. Everyone who is not born again lives out of those two realms. They live out of their soul and out of their body. But God still longs to walk and communicate with us at the deepest level. Is that true? With all mankind. He yearns to walk with us, to be intimate with us. And so he made a way in John 3.16, and you're all going to say, well, I know that scripture. Well, do you really? Do you really know the depths of his word as it unfolds, the living word that unfolds. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, should not have their spirit remain dead inside of them, but have eternal life. In John 3, 1 to 6, Nicodemus, a religious leader, went to Jesus, Rabbi, We know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs you do unless God was with him. And Jesus answered him, truly, truly. When when, when Jesus repeats himself, it means he really wants you to get this, that this is truth upon truth. This is ultimate truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man be born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, many times, you know, we say a prayer of salvation, but we really understand, even those that have been Christians for 30, 40 years, do you really understand what happened to you? Do you really understand the mystery of this? Do you understand the power of this? Do you understand the the dimensions and the dynamic force that happened inside of you Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says this. He's thinking with his natural mind. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered again, truly, truly, he says it again. You better get this, Nicodemus. You better get this, church. Unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You know, you're probably saying, I know this. Who's thinking, I know that. I mean, that's just basic, you know, new Christian teaching you're giving us, Pastor Julie. I'm telling you right now, God wants to go deeper than he's ever gone inside of you. 
And he wants to take these truths and he wants to drive them home to you because you need to know who he is and what he's done and what he is doing for you. Amen? You have to cherish this treasure that he has given you. Yeah? Nicodemus spoke to Jesus about a womb. And today, I want to bring everything back to a womb. You know, Nicodemus says, do we have to go back into our mother's womb to be born again? Well, let's have a look at this slide one here. Let's look at our soul as a womb. So this white part here, this is our soul. And within our being, there is a womb, it's called the soul. Yes? But our spirit cannot grow or come alive within that womb unless it is fertilised. Is that right? That's why he used the terminology of womb. That's why he's talking about it like a womb. You know, if, if, if there's an egg inside the womb of a woman and there's no fertilisation, it's just an egg. But the minute that egg is fertilized, life comes forth. Is that right? So this is what happens. Let's have a look at this one. We have a born-again experience and this dead spot inside of us called our spirit, which is dead. The spirit of God comes in supernatural power with the seed of heaven and impregnates your spirit with the very seed of God and life is formed right at that moment. Yeah? Life. That's what being born again is. You were dead. I was dead and now I'm alive. And there is a supernatural mystery that happens on the inside of you as God impregnates you with his own spirit, where the spirit that walked with man in the garden again meets the spirit of man and the the two become one. And there's a divine explosion within this person where a supernatural exchange happens and all of a sudden he has begun the restoration process of us back to the original intent. Begun. I say begun. When a seed is, 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 impregnates the womb of a woman and impregnates that egg, how many of you know that baby isn't ready to deliver? Right. That baby isn't even formed. There's life in that, in that egg from the moment of conception. And many Christians stay there. I've had a born-again experience. I go to church. I read my Bible sometimes. I pray sometimes. Yeah, that, you know, I, I, I know that I've been impregnated. I know that I carry the seed of God. But I have never allowed myself to be developed. Yeah? And we wonder why we have so many miscarriages. Because we're not real, the the power of God, is it really a born again experience or is it a little prayer that someone said that they didn't even understand or know what was going on? 
You don't need to understand what's going on to, to let it go on, but it definitely needs to be a supernatural exchange. You know, when I was born again, no one needed to convince me to come to church. No one needed to convince me to go to a new Christian's class. No one needed to ring me and say, you weren't at church last week, is there anything wrong? Do we need to follow you up? No one needed to do that, why? Because I was born again and something went on in my spirit and I wanted that baby to grow. I wanted that baby to grow. There was a desire within me. There's a desire within Jamie right now. She, every time she goes for an ultrasound, she's crying because she goes, look, it's got fingers. Look, it's toes. Look. They were counting the fingers. That guy's going, I think I only see four. And the guy's always the optimist. Always the optimist. You know, it's so amazing. And at one stage, they're taking, you know, Jamie's 20 weeks, halfway. She's only halfway. But they're taking the ultrasound and, and she sees the baby go, and she said, what was that? And the midwife says, the baby just swallowed. My baby swallows. It swallows already. You know, it's like, you know, and then, what's that? You know, that's the heartbeat. The heart, it's growing. It's in you. There's a heartbeat of God within you. There's yearning to grow, amen? Ha! And then, let's look at slide three. Now, our spirit then seeks to grow within us but it is still encased in our... I'm just making you sure you're awake now. Still encased in our... Soul. Just, okay, look, we're going to do that test again right now. Okay, our spirit is encased in what? I'm a spirit. Say this, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And it's in a body. This is just the earth suit, right? If you went to Mars, you'd have to put on a suit to deal with the atmosphere and the air and all that. That's what this thing is. It's a space suit. It's an Earth suit. It's all it is. And one day we don't need that space suit anymore because we're going to be in the atmosphere that we're supposed to breathe in our spirit. Amen? So, it's good. Our spirit then seeks to grow within us, but it is still encased in our test. Thank you, everybody got it right. And within our soul is, now I want you to read this with me, is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So now we've got a war going on. So now we've got a baby that wants to grow, but we've been used to living out of our soul realm. Everyone say soul realm. The Bible would call it the old man. You can call it the old man if you want because it's stinketh. <laughs> call it a dead man if you want. Mind, will and emotions. Mind, will and emotions. That means that these three parts of us, which we've been used to operating out of, we've been used to operating out of our soul, Stephen, and our body. Yeah? Soul and body. Okay? body feels like this. My emotions in my soul go, yeah. And off we go. My will goes, wait. But it's too late. I'm being led by my emotions and my body, the appetite of my body. I see a big pizza. I go, you know, I really shouldn't eat that. But my, my 
emotions go, and my will goes, let's do it. And so I eat a pizza. And my body says, you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) You see? There's this whole war going on, right? And what we need to do to allow our spirit to grow is we need to be, there's a word called sanctified. Our our mind, our emotions, and our will have to learn how to think like God thinks, how how to feel like God feels, and how to bring our will into alignment with the will of God. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's sweating blood. And what does he say, everybody? Father, not my... Because he was learning what it was like to live as a man, to have these two wills, to have my will and God's will. But then what did he say? But Father, not my will, but your will be done. So as our spirit starts to grow... Our spirit, which has the will of God in it, starts to communicate with our soul, which has our own will, and bring it into alignment. And as we slowly make decisions according to that wrestle in that garden, not my will, but yours be done, as we do that over and over again, Ellie, we start to transform and renew our inner being to be as it was originally intended to be. Amen? Same as our emotions. We start to feel emotional about something. I feel afraid right now. I've got fear all over me. My emotions are going mental. And my spirit begins to say, read your Bible. And I go, yeah, but I just feel so afraid. And then there's this war that goes on. And then I open my Bible, right, oh, then I put my will into place and I open my Bible and it talks about the Prince of Peace that surpasses all human understanding, that he will wash over me and he'll come and he'll bring things into alignment. It starts to talk about you're my child, nothing can hurt you, nothing can separate you from my love, that I am there, I am with you. I am the God who keeps you, I am the God who protects you. That's right, that's right, that's right. And I begin to renew my mind. And my mind then begins to think like God. My soul comes into alignment and as I allow this to happen, the spirit within me starts to enlarge and I'm winning the war. Basic Christianity 101. Old man versus new man. Spirit of God. Inner spirit coming alive. Taking up occupancy taking up occupancy, growing, the child within us growing. The Bible talks about being a child, a newborn, needing spiritual milk, then coming along and needing solid food and then needing meat. It talks about growth. It talks about a baby, a teenager, uh, an adult, a mature Christian. Many Christians are stuck somewhere in this cycle because they just don't understand this sanctification process that is so beautiful that brings us into alignment with God. Amen? Oh, wow. 
So only to the extent that we invite God in, listen to me now, only to the extent that we invite God in and allow him to heal and sanctify our soul will our spirit man grow at all. Yeah? It's time to grow up. Jesus is knocking. It's time to grow up. As the light of God shines on us in areas of our soul, the areas of our soul are illuminated by God as little by little he encourages us to go on a journey of discovering our original self. Have a look at this. So within our soul, not only is this wrestle of, of, my, of my mind and my emotions and my will, but there is stuff, little spots of stuff that I have accumulated. How many people know they have accumulated yeah. stuff? Where is the stuff? Where does it get stored inside of you? In your mind, in your emotions, and in your will, in your soul. So the things that are there are blocking, again, this small baby from growing. How many of you know if there was a lot of other in Jamie's womb, the baby would find it very hard to grow inside that womb. What happens? What happens? The womb begins to expand and make room for growth. And for the womb to expand and made, make room for growth, we have to look at these areas of our lives. We look at, there's trauma in there. How many people have got trauma? Everybody. There's sin in there. There's our old nature. There's unforgiveness. There's identity crisis. I don't know who I really am. Who am I? I'm searching. I'm looking for Father's affirmation everywhere I go. And I'm just like a child running to and fro when I don't really know who I am in Christ. We have false belief systems. How many know that? How many women look in the mirror and, and just hate their body image? How many men do that? False belief systems, not just in the areas of body and in, in, in the areas of image, but what about the false belief systems that tell me that I'll never be good enough for God? What about the false belief systems that come through the, the, the interactions that we have with people in authority that, that, that have told us certain things and we believe them? And we don't realise we believe in them, but deep down there's a belief system in there that stops me believing God because I believe this. This is truth to me. I'll never be worthy. I'm worthless. My school teacher told me. My dad told me. My mum told me. It was reiterated over and over again in my life until I formed a belief system about myself that is impenetrable unless the Spirit of God is invited in to those places. And God, bring your truth. Let me know how you really feel about me. Break that, yeah? And the Bible says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's nothing more beautiful than coming under the Spirit of God and inviting him to come into these areas of our lives and watching him work. He's, an, he's a master. He knows me. He knows every part of me. He knows me. He knows me as he's forming me in my own womb. 
He's forming my spirit, man. Generational issues. My father's an alcoholic. My grandfather's an alcoholic. I'm struggled with that. You know, do I have to deal with that? No. You don't have to deal with that. You do not have to be who your father or mother said you would be. You do not have to be what your generations have laid out for you because you are a son and a daughter of Abraham and you are connected to a new generational line. It is a generational line of Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Hallelujah. And poor self-image. They're all the things that stop us. Many Christians, unfortunately, remain in this place. So their spirit is alive within them. If you were to die today... Right now, you would go directly to heaven. You are perfect in, your, in the place of your spirit, right? But our soul is not allowing our spirit to grow, and God wants us to grow into full maturity. And so what happens is the spirit within them remains immature and undeveloped. Ever meet someone like that? Uh, look inside. You know, we've all got growing to do. At every level, we, boy, oh boy, oh boy, have we got growing to do. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they hid from God. They hid from God. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then they realized they were, what's the word? Naked. Naked, and they hid from God. And God came out and said to them, Why are you hiding? They said, We're naked. And we're ashamed. Yeah? God said, who told you that you are naked? You see, in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that they were naked. Adam and Eve were naked before one another and they were unashamed. They were naked before God. Now, we're not just talking about physical nakedness here. When that word there, that they were physically emotionally, spiritually naked, or the right word there is transparent, before God and before each other. There was nothing to hide. Their clothing was the glory of God. They were clothed in the glory of God, and when they sinned, the glory was removed, and they saw their nakedness, and they were ashamed. Because now their eyes had been opened to good and evil. So sad. So God, what did God do? God provided animal skins as covering. These animals that he had made for Adam and Eve to enjoy, he had to go and sacrifice animals for the sake of his children to cover them in animal skins. The blood would have still been dripping off those skins but he he knew they needed a covering. You know, we are still hiding. We're still hiding, people. Even though God had supplied the ultimate covering for us, the blood of his own son. And under this covering, we can come before God without shame, without fear. He has provided a way for us to be transparent, before him, because when he looks at us, he sees us through the lens of our covering. He sees the perfect Jesus being formed in you. He sees you as you will be, not as you are. 
He sees the finished product. He sees the spirit within you that's made perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. But he yearns to walk with that spirit. He yearns to fellowship with that spirit. He, he yearns to connect again spirit to spirit with you. But he can't do that unless we allow our spirit to grow and remove every blockage and allow him and invite him. By inviting God to see deeply into our soul and inviting him to sanctify our souls, we are choosing to grow into maturity and this is the best life for us. It's the best. Jesus said the devil comes to kill and rob and destroy, but I've come to give life and life to the full. Do you know what that means? I've come to fill the whole space. I've come, see that soul, that space right there? Jesus, I've come to give life and life to the full. I've come to fill that space with life, not just your spirit. I've come to fill the space with life, your spirit, your soul, and your body. The word life here in the Greek is zoe or zozo life means life, listen to this, I want you to catch this, this is powerful. Zozo life here means, Jesus said I've come to give life, zozo life, zozo life in the Greek means life as God has it. He wants to give you life, the same life as God has life. The same life that which the Father has in himself through his son, he takes that life and he gives it to us and invites us to live totally as the Father lives within us, bringing us back to total restoration of the garden, walking and living with him. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through and may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's look at this one. The next slide, thanks. So what do we do now? How can we move on into the areas in our life, we open our lives up and we say, God, you know, my emotions are trash, I've got trauma. Then we invite him in for a journey of emotional healing. God, you know, I'm stuck in this sin. We invite him in to give us freedom from sin and we apply our will to make right choices. We invite him in to give us a new nature, a nature like him. I want to be like you, Father. I read my Bible and I see what you're like. I read my Bible, Jesus, I see what your nature is like. I want to be like you. He invites us. We invite him in to teach me how to forgive. Teach me how to forgive, God. I can't forgive like you forgive. Teach me your heart and allow me to release things. The original identity. He restores your original identity. This sense of false identity, not knowing who you are, he starts to bring into place, he speaks to you into those intimate places and say, this is who you are, this is who you are, this is what I've got you to do, this is why you're unique, this is what makes me love you, this is how I made you. He forms your identity. He renews your mind. We open up our mind, we say, God, I invite you to come in as I read my word and wash 
Wash my mind with your word. Wash my mind with your truth. Renew my mind so that it's in alignment with the mind of Christ. We can go and have prayer ministry for those things in our lives that we just can't shift ourselves. Even we pray about them we're stuck. Then stand up, fill and flow. These two people here in our team are available for you. Go see Fleur. Turn around, Fleur. Smile at them. She's beautiful. It's the most gracious, beautiful ministry you can have. I personally have had prayer ministry probably about 75 times or more in my Christian life where I've come to a place where I just go, I can't deal with this trauma. It's too much. I can't deal with this sin. I'm not getting victory over it. There must be a generational thing within me that's causing that. I need to break off from the generations and I need to walk free. Go have prayer ministry. It is amazing. It will give you a great breakthrough. And it, but it doesn't deny the will of, that you have to put in place and the things you have to put in place to keep that freedom. Amen? And then the image of Christ is, is, comes into our souls Hallelujah, he makes all things new. Ephesians 4, 20 to 24, when you heard about Christ and were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to the former way of life. Everyone say former way of life. To put off the old self, which is being corrupted in deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Your new self is created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. God in us. God in us, growing within us. Slide five. Choose life. Let Jesus lead you as you humble yourself as he did. Allow the Holy Spirit to shine his light on areas of your soul. It's a challenge. How challenging is it? Because we're so used to living like this. It is our comfort zone. We're afraid to step out of the boat and walk on the water, but Jesus said, I've got you. We're afraid to let go of our own self-protection. No, I've lived my whole life with this armour on and you want to take it off? Yes, but I've got another armour for you which will really protect you because your own armour has never really protected you. Amen? I've got fresh armour for you. I've got the helmet of salvation. I've got the breastplate of righteousness. I've got the belt of truth. I've got the shoes of the gospel. I've got the sword of the spirit. I've got the shield of faith. Take off the old armour. Take off the old self and open yourself up to God and he will protect you. Amen? Hallelujah? <clears throat> The, the familiar appears safe, but the alternative is what? Life. Life. Zo, zo, life. Life in abundance, life to the full. Next slide. Your spirit grows within you as you discover how much like your creator, like your father you are. You learn. You start to be part of the church family. You're not prickly anymore. You start to, you know, I'm starting my spirit. Our spirits start to build together. I'm open. I become transparent with you. You become transparent with me. We all go on a journey together. We're not playing church here. We're not putting on facades. We're not wearing masks. We're not carrying big black Bibles and pretending that nothing's going on in here. We're being one with each other. We're being real with each other. And we're going on a journey. That's what family is. That's what experience, transforming and belonging is all about. 
Amen? Hallelujah. And then we apply ourselves to mentoring. We find someone that can speak into my life. Find someone that's down the road a bit further than me. Help me. Teach me. Guide me. Hallelujah. We go to Bible studies and, and you know, pop-up connect groups that have got amazing teachers. And, you know, it's 22 people there. I'm happy about that. But you should all be there. Come on. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're submitting ourselves to God. Teach me your word. Mentor me. Show me God. We, we're building relationships. Hallelujah. Relationships in, a, in husbands and wives are changing. Yeah. Things are changing. As we, as we decide to bring this to God, our relationships, our interpersonal relationships change. No longer is it all about me and my way or the highway and you don't meet my needs so you're out of here and I'll just change you like I change clothes. I'll change friends like I change clothes because you know what? You rub me the wrong way, you're out. Because you know what? I've kept this thing protected all my life and I ain't letting any walls down with you. But you know, there comes a place as Christians where we've got to become transparent. We've got to become vulnerable. We've got to, we've got to be real. We've got to say, you know what? You really hurt me, but I'm willing to walk the journey with you. Right. You know what? That thing you said, it really dug something deep in my old man. But you know what? I'm willing to crucify my old man and forgive you and let's walk together as one. I'm not running away this time. I'm not getting offended this time. I want to be in relationships. I want to fight for them. Amen. And then we do Bible studies. We do prayer. Of course, prayer. Revelation. We get the revelation of his unconditional love for me. This love that looks at me and sees Jesus. This love that looks at my stuff and my sin and the stuff that I don't want to present to him. He's not even interested in looking at that. He's trying to find me. He's not finding my crap and my stuff and my sin. He's not a God who's pointing a bony finger trying to find out what's wrong with me so I can clean you up so you're good enough for me. That's not God. God's not looking at that stuff. He just wants you to be willing to let him look at that stuff so he can remove it, so he can build within you and be closer to you and, and let you have your best life. Amen? There's redemptive moments. Oh, God, I love redemptive moments. I could go on all day. I could write three books about redemptive moments. Moments when, you, you know, there's this thing that you're facing and it seems so large. And within a moment in time, Jesus comes, speaks a word. His presence comes and breaks that thing and you are free. You walk away. It's a redemptive moment. Moments in time that change you forever. And if you just invite him in, in those intimate places, he can give you those redemptive moments. Of course, Holy Spirit baptism, crucial for the walk, crucial for the growth. Amen. Water baptism, quiet times with God. These are all ways that we can begin to step into a new realm of our journey. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, and I'm coming to a close. I won't get the band just yet, but slide seven, the next one. So this is what happens. As we allow him into our soul, as we allow this sanctification process to happen, as we allow this transparency, this vulnerability with God, our spirit begins to take up residence of our soul. 
Our spirit grows within us into a fully grown, mature Christian person. And then what happens is now everything is coming out of us that is God. Because it is all God in here. Now I'm not saying we never have struggles again. We never... (laughs) Till we go home to be with Jesus, how many of you know we will never be perfect? There is no striving for for perfection. This is is a warring over a relationship. I want to know you, God, so much more. And I want to know who I am and the original person that you created me to be. We develop maturity as we stand with our Father, with Jesus with the Holy Spirit, and there's this beautiful thing where it happens where you become one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. Body, soul, spirit, three in one. There's something that happens when we collide those threes together. And there's a divine connection of unity within ourselves. Amen? John 17, 21 to 23. Father, this is Jesus speaking. Listen to this. Please take these last thoughts in. Will you do that? Will you hear it as if it's Jesus speaking right now, standing here? Father, just as I am in you, just as I am in you, and you are in me, let them be in us so that the world might believe that you have sent me. This isn't just about unity between the body of Christ, people. This is about unity inside yourself. Amen? I have given them the glory that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Here is where the glory forms in its purest. This is where the glory flows in its purest form. This is where, in this place, in this space, as we grow in our spirits and come to the mature man, where God actually clothes us in glory again. And we walk as he walked on the earth. And we become the church where others would know the Father and his love because we are in him. He is in us. And our body, soul and spirit within us have come into perfect unity with the unity of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.